Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. ...to have done differently. And a large percentage of that survey amongst those elderly people was that if they had to live their lives again, they would have reflected more on their words and their actions and what they had done in their lives. And it was a sad thing for me in many ways because I almost had this picture of people at the end of their lives who had regrets. That they didn't live their lives slightly differently. That they didn't bother to analyze almost their actions and to take actions to remedy those things. So it made me think about how many times in the Bible the Bible encourages us to think or reflect on, on things. There have been many such incidents in the Bible. Psalm 8. Psalm 8, the psalmist considers the heavens that were made, the work of your hands. When I consider the heavens and the work of your hands, the moon and stars that you've placed, when I consider man, what is man that you are mindful of him? And concludes with that beautiful end, but Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in considering all of these things. Your name is so majestic. And Paul himself considered so many things. Considered everything that he had. He said, I consider as loss compared to the surpassing knowledge of God, my Savior. So let us consider this morning. I really feel God would want us to do that. Because for every resolution that's taken, if I decide as I said, and I, I've got to think back on something that I did or didn't do in the period gone by to come to the position where I make a resolution to do something differently. And I don't think that process is a bad one at all. For us sometimes to think back, to think of some things that we may have done better this year before we launch into the new year without giving thought to those things. So I would encourage us this morning. I've deleted that whole paragraph of my first opening. Resolutions are not that bad if they're driven and stimulated by the Holy Spirit Himself. And I know there have been times, many, in this past year, where I know the Holy Spirit has spoken to me. But have I heard His voice? Have you heard His voice? As, we, as you should have. I know I haven't in the year that's gone by. My prayer for us this morning is that we do reflect and think about those things God has laid on our hearts that we may not have responded to because it's never too late in Christ to begin to put in place those things that the Holy Spirit is prompting us to do. So just as an introduction, can I ask that we have that heart this morning for what the Holy Spirit would say to us and has said to us perhaps is here that we haven't yet walked in the fullness of. The first thing that I want to, to, to talk about is God's plan. Thinking back now on Christmas, some reflections on Christmas. The first thing I want to say is clearly the fact that Jesus came to earth as a young baby can only have been God's plan. If you, I don't want to sound blasphemous, but if I had to say to you, if you were God, how would you have chosen to come to earth to make a statement that would move men's hearts, to, 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 to show them who you were? How would you do that? Surely you wouldn't have chosen to come to earth as a baby, to arrive in a manger, be born in a manger in some 
stable, of no consequence, the smell of cattle and sheep around you. But the fact that God came in that way as a baby, for me, tells me it can only have been God's plan. I would have made a different plan. I think everybody else would have had something different to do. It can only be God because God's ways sometimes, in fact, always are not our ways. And I find it absolutely incredible that God came as He did, as His plan, that that was His plan for you and I as we sit here now in 2020. It was God's plan to come as He did. And why did He do that? He came because He wanted to associate with you and I. He came out of heaven where He was seated at the right hand of God Himself in splendor and in majesty. But He had to narrow that gap or wanted to narrow that gap. And so He came. He came to earth. And so we said it. It's come up a few times this morning about, well, perhaps we're feeling a little unsure about this future and, 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 and what lies ahead. Many of us may be sitting here this morning. I know there would be others, many in, out there that are not here this morning, who may just be feeling that maybe this past year hasn't been so great. Do you know that God knew that? He knew how you and I would feel in a world that is not godly, generally. He knew. He understood and He cared so much that He came as a baby so that He would be part of our world and that He could associate with every single emotion and attitude and battle that you and I face in this world. That's why He came. It is incredible. So I don't know how you felt this year. I don't know how you feel right now. Could be that you feel, as I said, a little insecure. Could be that as we sit here we feel isolated, that we have felt or do feel isolated. We feel we don't quite fit. Others are doing their thing and somehow we just feel, somehow we're on the, on the, on the outskirts and the, don't feel quite part of what's going on. We sang a lot this morning about fear. And how many of us have been fearful this year? Just fearful about, about the world in general. Fearful about what could happen. Our politicians and, and all sorts of other things that impact our lives which we feel is beyond our control. Have you felt that way, friends, this year? Have you felt that way? Do you get caught in the trap of comparing yourself with others? I've shared this often with, with the school and, the, and our learners because amongst our young people, that is a big thing. This thing of comparing yourselves continually with the next guy. Wondering how I'm doing in comparison to that person. And we either become very proud because we feel we're better than others when we do that, or we become horribly insecure because we become aware of how bad we are in comparison to them. Those things are real. And God knew, God knew that that is how we would feel on occasion in this world. Disappointed by things that have not worked out the way we wanted them to work out. God came so that He would know exactly where you and I are in all of that. There's a scripture in 1 Peter 2 verse 11 
where Peter speaks about our human nature that wars against our soul, how we are wired in some ways. We know that we are sons of the living God, but yet we're in this world where our human nature, it says, wars against our soul. There's a war going on. We do those things sometimes, that that which you don't want to do, that we find ourselves doing. And he says to us, I know that you war, that there's a war against your soul, but I'm with you. I'm with you always. One of my favorite points, sorry, parts of Scripture, is found in Genesis 16:13. It's the account quickly of Sarah and Abraham, where Sarah can't bear a, a child, and she goes to Abraham and says, I will give you Hagar, my maidservant, and you can have a child by her. So that our family continues and there's an heir. And that happens, and Hagar falls pregnant and then begins to despise Sarah, despising her because she is without child. And she comes to Abraham, Sarah does, and says, this Hagar is despising me, and, and, and what can I do with her? And he says, well, it's in your hands. And she, Sarah, chases Hagar out of the house. And as Hagar walks through the desert with her child in a desert place, not knowing where she would go, an absolute place of desperation. It says this in Genesis 16.3, Hagar gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. You are the God who sees me. That word is Elroy. It's one of my most cherished scriptures where sometimes I just have to reflect that God sees me. He sees you. How wonderful is the message of Christmas that God came in that way. Second thing that struck me in just thinking about the Christmas period is that at this very same time that the, 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 the shepherds came and, and Johan and, 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 and Brandon shared that on Christmas in his message, how they came, the, the shepherds, and something in them stirred when they saw this child. It was just a child. They didn't find a child that was, that, was, that was at that stage telling them about Scripture or doing anything incredibly magnificent. Yes, they encountered the angels that told them in a magnificent way that they should go. But when they came into that stable there, they found a baby. A baby. And yet something in them stirred to know that this was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so they come back, as was shared on Christmas in the Christmas message, praising God and exalting God because they realized who this baby was. And at that very same time, that same baby that elicited that praise and worship and awe in the hearts of the, of the shepherds, Herod saw that baby as a complete and a huge threat, as a baby to be destroyed one side, the worship of that baby as the king of kings. And Herod at the same time deciding that he'd better kill this baby and eradicate this baby because this baby represented something that he could not live with. One, there's a scripture in, again in, in 1 Peter. May I just say that at the same time over this period, I've been reading 1 Peter and I keep finding things or found things in 1 Peter that brought me back to the message of Christmas, which was very exciting for me. And in 1 Peter, it talks about those things, that we are the cornerstone. 1 Peter 2, 6, 8 says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, 
a chosen and precious cornerstone, and he who trusts in him will not be put to shame. To you who believe the stone is precious, those who don't believe that stone causes men to stumble, and it's a rock that makes them fall. And in this world, that's the world that Jesus came into. It wasn't a perfect world of celestial angels singing and praising God. It was in the midst of an evil man, Herod, who, was, who then ended up killing all the firstborn in the region as a result of his anger and, his, and, his, and, and how anti, anti-Christ he was. And God calls us, you and I, as we go into 2020, to be in exactly the same place. Where, my friends, there's resistance. It's not always an easy place. It's not a godly place. And exactly the same as that infant child came to make a difference in the world, he calls you and I to make a difference in 2020 in an evil world. And for us, we're that cornerstone. Jesus is that cornerstone. For us, he's the cornerstone. But for many, he's a stumbling block. And as I think a bit about that stumbling block that Jesus is to many, I, want, I felt really strongly that I should draw our attention to, because it really hit me when I read this, 1 Peter 1 verse 13, and Peter repeats that in 1 Peter 4, 7, where, where he says to us, in the midst of this, of the evil that also exists in our world, he calls us to be alert and sober-minded. He calls you and I to be alert and to be sober-minded. I don't know if you're aware of this, my friends, but as elders, we did feel this year in many, many times that we needed to, 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 be, a, to, to be watchmen over the flock, that there was something of a special attack on us, perhaps as a church. Maybe we were wrong, but we felt that in God. And so in times of this year, we've done that, and we felt it necessary because we feel we were alert, that we needed to stand strong and, 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 and do some warfare and, and resist the devil. And my friends, I don't want to say that that is how we should be living because that suggests that we live in fear. So I'm definitely not saying that. But I am feeling that for 2020, as we go and reread the scripture, that God does call us to be alert and to be sober-minded. Do we forget that sometimes? If there's a war raging against my soul and your soul, a war that's raging... Not an occasional little hint that perhaps, why don't you do this rather than... There's a war raging, the Word of God says. How, if there's a war raging against you and I, can we live with not being aware of that? So without asking you to be fearful, because as, as, as Brandon shared in, on his Christmas message, the message of Christmas is that Jesus came and went to the cross so that the power of sin and the penalty of sin is no more. That is the truth. Above all, however, we still need to be those who resist the devil. Although we've overcome, there is still a war that wages. The second thing about, about this, this, this image of, of a cornerstone is if we do nothing, other, we have to resist our belief and be sober-minded and alert. But God, we're also called to make a difference. We're also called to go out there and not be captured by the ways of the world, that we don't allow our jobs, our position in our church maybe, to be the things that we, we, we push after, that give us our identity. 
We've got to, in this world, be those that live as if Christ were our cornerstone. In other words, that that holds us together above everything else. Where we go to when we're feeling under threat, where we're feeling hurt, that's where we go to because He is our cornerstone. The place where we find our peace and in nothing else. How many times do you, do you think we default on this? Where we don't make God our cornerstone, but we begin to flirt with other things in this earth that are, are, are almost as important as Him. God would say He needs to be our cornerstone as we go into 2020. 1 Peter 5, 7 just reflects a bit of that, where we are in trouble. What do we do? Don't go to other things. Cast your cares upon Him because He cares for you. That's where you go if He is your cornerstone. 2 Peter, just to jump to 2 Peter for a while, talks about His divine power is, gives us everything that we need for life and godliness. His divine power gives us everything we need. He should be our cornerstone. And it says that we participate in the, in, in, in the divine nature when we know we have knowledge of Him through our knowledge of Him and by His, by His call to us and His promises. Somehow through that, we participate, you and I, in the divine nature while we are here on earth. Isn't that magnificent? That we don't have to be those that dance to the tune of, of the world, but, he, but rather participate in His divine nature. Ravi, I read a bit of Ravi over this time, Ravi Zacharias, and he mentioned three things that he felt we should all take with us as Christians. Something that we should carry with us in our lives to be victorious. He mentions resistance, dependence, and confidence. Resistance, dependence, and confidence. And I've touched a bit, I think, although he didn't use these scriptures at all, but in resisting, our resistance needs to be there. And dependence is a bit about what I've spoken about, about him being our cornerstone. The next thing that struck me in, in looking back at Christmas was this issue of humility. Is there any greater example, and I've touched around it at the beginning, of, of, of humility than we see in the coming of Jesus Christ the way he did? Humility. The humility of God. And as we go into this, this new year, do you not agree that, that there's so much in the world of pushing my agenda above everybody else's? It's all about power. It's all about what I can do. The bribery and corruption that we see all over the world is because people want something for themselves. They want to push themselves into, an, into, into a better place. The ego of man is huge in our modern day. Everything to do with me and what I can do, and I can do better than anybody else. And God would say to us, I really believe that as we go into 2020, to, to, to recall that we can do nothing without Him. Nothing. And this morning in prayer meeting, we spoke about this issue of gratitude. And for me, one of the best ways that I... No, to remind myself of how insignificant I really am is to begin to thank God. To think of all of those things that God has done for me this year. 
I've asked you before, posed the question to us earlier, how do you feel? Do you feel in a bad place right now? But also, likewise, when you think back on this year, can you remember those times, so many of them, where God has come through for you? Endless times where we forget and go to sleep at night and fail to remember what God has done for us. That His shield of protection has been around us. Or that He's, he's just intervened in our day. He's God Almighty. But yet He steps into our world to this day still because He's Emmanuel, God with us. And as we try and remember and look back on this year, I ask us to, to examine our hearts as to whether we've been grateful, whether we are grateful people. I ask myself that question. And I know I'm challenged. So whenever we come before God and we give Him thanks, or we worship Him, we're saying and recognizing that He's far greater than us and that we owe Him a great debt of gratitude and we owe Him our everything, our love and our worship. We owe it to God. And so I would, I, would really, I would really encourage us this year to be people who are more grateful than we ever were and that we take time. One of the greatest things that blessings for me and just joy for me this year, and I haven't got there yet, was, and I think I've shared this, I have shared it at assemblies at, at, at our school, is I just, I just try to walk in, 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 in this habit of looking back every single day on my life. Just even if it took me five minutes and takes me, f I haven't got it right every day, but, but I do it mostly. And just say, where do I think God intervened in my little pitiful life today? And I start thinking of the time when I wanted to say something that I know was not of Him, that was not godly, and I found myself catching myself. And times when I did speak out and say the wrong thing, and I know, Holy Spirit says to me, you shouldn't have said it that way. Really, you could have been a lot kinder. And if you do that every day, to think back, and even as it happens, you will be find yourself so in love with God and so grateful to Him that He does intervene as much as He does. Such a wonderful habit to get into every single day because He does intervene in that way. I was also listening to a TED Talk towards the end of this term. You know those TED Talks? They're not Christian. This lady was saying to us about, or saying to the audience how, how this world is becoming incredibly fast. She talked about speed. She said, in this world today, it's all about speed. Maybe my talk is about speed and I'm talking too quickly. It's all about speed. It's about watching that clock and knowing that I, I, I'm going to speed it up. It's about those things. So we build roller coasters and we want to go in the fastest cars and we get our emails on our on our on our cell phones so that we can respond quickly to everybody. Only problem is they respond just as quickly to you and then you've got to respond back again and so it becomes a big vicious circle. We start chasing our tails around all day. But that's the, that's the world we're in. And this lady who is not a Christian made the point that this world is incredibly, incredibly quick. And were we made to operate in a world of that speed? And she suggested not. She did say it's not that we should be parking off doing nothing. Because even a train that goes around a corner, if it goes too slowly, it derails. But if it goes too fast, it also derails. And her point was that we need to find time to step back and reflect and think and just be quiet. And her point was not quiet before God, 
My point is that's exactly what we need to do. We need to make time, I believe, because we know we're dependent on Him. And in a humble way to know, God, if I don't do this, I'm not going to be who you want me to be. To make time in our busy schedules in 2020, to sit at His feet, and to worship Him, and to listen to His voice. How incredibly important that is as we go into 2020. I always chilled by this when I think about Peter. Same Peter who I kept reading about. But Peter who, one of, one of the great disciples. And yet Jesus said this of, of him in Mark 8.33. said, get thee behind me, Satan, to Peter. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. The great Peter, because he was so caught up in the things of this world that he couldn't see the things of God. Let us not be caught in that place in 2020, but let us sit at his feet and make time in this busy, busy, busy world to be refreshed and resourced by, by the living God. Are we doing okay? Just maybe the last point or two issue of love does not this message of christmas also speak of god's great incredible love and as i thought of sharing this this morning i originally thought i'm not going to share this it's old hat i was going to say terry can't you come up with something a little bit more inspiring than talking about the love of god and this morning in prayer meeting somebody Spoke, uh, we spoke a bit about familiarity and becoming so familiar with things that we allow the, 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 the truth and power of those things to, 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 to just be washed away. And yet, that's exactly what I thought about this morning. And as I read again in 1 Peter 1 verse 22, and even if I start in 1 Peter 1 21, it says, Through Him you believe in God, who raised Him from the dead and glorified Him, so your faith and hope are in God. Peter says, he's writing in 1 Peter to, 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 to Christians scattered throughout Asia Minor, not just a particular church. He says that to them. And then he says, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. And my friends, I really want to ask us to just, to just allow this this to just touch you this morning because i really believe that this is probably the most important thing that god would possibly want me to say this morning we are in christ we are in christ as as he said to these people that he wrote to you believe in god who raised jesus from the dead and glorified him so your faith and hope are in him and you do love you're already sitting here and you do love your brothers with a sincere love it says that but now that you do that he challenged them, but love one another deeply from the heart. And next year, we've talked a lot from this pulpit, have we not? About how incredible the opportunities are for us next year. I hope you realize that, church, that, that LRC has there's a sense amongst us that there are, there are big things happening in 2020. There are many, many people lost out there on our doorstep that we feel are going to be touched and that need to be touched by us in LRC. It's a big year next year. It's a massive year for us. We will have resources possibly like we've never had before in the history of our church, my friends. It's a big year next year. 
And I sincerely believe God would say to us, we are LRC. We are love-riching communities. We are not PRC. We are not projects-riching communities. We are not PRC. We are LRC. We are not PRC perfection or people-riching communities. We are love-riching communities. And as God calls us to all the incredible things, because there are incredible things in, in Christ that lie ahead for each one of you in this body for next year, I felt God saying to us, but do not neglect whatever you do, the loving of your brothers. Love them deeply from the heart. Love God deeply as you go out and He calls you to wonderful things in 2020. And even in this thing of going, he says in, in 1 Peter that when you, when, you, when you ask to give an account of the hope that is within you, do so. Do not hesitate. Be ready. Be prepared. But always do it with gentleness and respect. Even in that, we have to show a love of a kind. We have to be gentle and show respect to those that we go and touch next year. There's many other references to that, and I won't quote them all. I just wanted to say to you that we've been in this church for a long time, Laney and I, since 1988. And we've stayed in this church that long because we know the love of Christ in this place. So I'm not saying the love of Christ is not here. I'm not saying we don't have love here. In fact, that's the reason why we've been here so long. That there are people in our church, and, and today it's no less so, where there's a love for God and a genuine love for God and a genuine love for people. But God would say to us, don't make this so familiar, this concept that you forget possibly the most important thing of all. And that is that you show your love for God to others in the year that lies ahead. How do we cultivate our love for God? Well, I've already said so. In the busy time that we have in life, that we make time to grow in Him, to be before Him. I'd also add that we do the things that this church provides for our growth. We become involved in theology and, and, and outreaches where we, where we exercise our faith is the way in which we grow in our faith and our love for God. And we do that next year and become involved in those, in those things that the church provides because of our knowledge of God is why we're here, to grow in our knowledge and our love and our faith in God. And then finally, my friends, as I, as I wrap up, God came, Jesus came, so that we can go. And I've mentioned it before. He came so that you and I can go. And that third point that Ravi mentioned, I've talked about resistance and, de and dependence, is confidence. Why do we go? Why do we go out into the world? Why do we operate? How is it that we can operate with God being our cornerstone and really be that in this world where He's not the cornerstone of most people's lives? Because our confidence is in His love for us. You and I can be confident that God loves us more than we can imagine. The Word of God speaks about that, oh, that we would know how high and how deep and how long and how wide is the love of God for us. That's the confidence that we have. And when we know that God loves us so much, we know too that that's the message of Christmas and that He came not only that I would be loved, but so that I could show His love to everybody. And that's why I go in that confidence. And lastly, I go in confidence, and you and I can go in confidence into this year ahead because we know that He is the Lord of Lords. 
His plan was to come over Christmas. By the time we celebrate, He's coming. His plan is that He will come again. We know that. He's made the world which was His plan in the beginning. What does it say of this baby that was born? What does it say in Isaiah 9 verse 6? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his governance and peace, there will be no end. That is the God who we serve. He is our Lord. And guess what? He calls you and I to be His own. He says, I've bought you with a price. You are mine. And in the confidence of the Lord of Lords, we can go into 2020 full of hope where there is no other hope. So may I pray over us and end just praying over us for 2020. May I do that? Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za.